They might take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom! This is the Freedom Cats with your hosts, Chris Black, Seven King, and Jody Claypool. Produced by Jack Claypool Audio. Freedom Cats reviews movies, politics, and entertainment. Ladies and gentlemen, here is the Freedom Cats. Coming at you with the hottest theme song in a podcast in a 50-mile radius. I'm Chris. He's Stefan. He's Jody. With a guest, we are the Freedom Cats. Meow. Joining us today in the Hoplore Studios in downtown Warsaw. Long-time sponsor of the... An OG cat. Absolutely. An alpha cat, if you will. Travis McConnell. Live in studio. What's up, bud? Hey, just uh, enjoying some time with the, the cats here this morning. Oh, you're a cat, bro. Oh, all you're, right. You're longtime sponsor, longtime believer. When Part we, of the cats family. When we, uh, when we were stumbling around with a dream in our heart and a gleam in our eye, you, you, sir, you gave us a saucer of milk. I got your back. To feed us so we right could on. become the freedom cats that we are. Uh, so we have diarrhea. So we have the worst <laughs> diarrhea now. It's the worst. You ever give cats bowls of milk? Uh, one time. Yeah, don't do it. It's messy. Yeah. D- really? Disney's lying. The cartoons are lying. Oh, yeah, it's not good. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. You heard it here, folks. Uh, hopefully you heard it somewhere else first. before you. <laughs> yeah. Or you found out yourself. If you're, if you're coming to us for your veterinarian tips and tricks, man, you're in trouble. All right, a couple shout outs. First of all, shout out to Stefan and Hoplor for the breakfast pizza. That was amazing. Let me tell you about this pizza, Jody. Let me tell you about this pizza. Okay. Tell me. So he, he does the crust. He does the dough, the crust. Homemade, right? This is like of course, homemade. It wasn't DiGiorno. I didn't. How it was, dare you? It was like how a thousand percent you, better than DiGiorno. How dare you DiGiorno. put a question mark at the end of that? To stay, <laughs> you know, it's, it's Stefan. You know that shit's homemade. I actually saw him put it all together. It was amazing. Wisconsin cheese curds, right? Yeah. Uh, bacon cured, smoked and cured right here. Yep. Unbelievable. Uh, it's like candy. Mm, so good. And then, and then, and then, and then, and then after he cook, 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 cooks it up, maple sriracha. What? Bro. Did you have some? Yeah, I had some. Well, yeah, you made it. Yeah. Travis is, Travis is like on his. Keto. I'm like over here sitting strong, counting calories. You know? Counting calories. Uh, yeah. I went, I went, how I went many? To the gym this morning. You know? I'll break the toppings, uh, man. It's all protein. If it's, it's all a cheat protein, day, bro, it's, all, it's, all bro, it's all protein. It's probably. Yeah. It's so uh, good. No, no, I mean, so how many, well, how many calories are you allowed right now? Uh, I, somewhere around 2,300. 2,300? Yeah. yeah. Maybe sniff yeah. it. That's about all you get. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Wave it under the nose. Let the yeah. calories float up into the nostril passage. It's all good, right? It's all protein. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I'm just waiting to grab a piece until you guys eat the other ones. That way I only eat one. There that's, it is. That's there trick. it is. There it is. Smart guy. Smart guy. Smart guy. I, I, honestly, I, I can smell it from here. I want to just eat the rest of it. It's not bad. It's, it's not, super no, good. You should get some of that. Um, so, fellas, how's, how's your week been? We had a coming off Barbie week. Yeah. What's going down? What's new? 
Uh, not much new here. All right, sweet. That's content for you. Good, good question, anything. Chris. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't mean to stump you. Holy smokes. Didn't get called names. Didn't get any calls. It's one of us. Of course, yeah. I, I voted up, so it, that probably made a difference. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I had a couple of, I had to defend myself a couple times coming out of, uh, out yeah. of episodes. Um, yeah, I, it doesn't bear def- repeating or defending, but whatever, I will. Um yeah, some of the feedback I think was really miss definitely what not what we intended. Um I know that I was I was called out for uh transphobic statements, which is shocking because you actually said that the movie because of the last scene was transphobic. Right. Just because but I didn't a- buy into but the fact that I was apparently get even a, calling it into question makes me anti-woman, anti-feminist. Um, so I've never understood the, the com- compatri- compatriotism between feminists and uh, the trans movement. I'm neither, so I couldn't. I mean, no, I, mean I guess I'm a, I'm, I'm a feminist. All these, all these, Whatever. All these uh, arguments, are, they, they kind of get intertwined and diluted, and I don't, I, I don't really know where the clear boundaries or positions are. For well, I've, read, I've read some articles about it. Um, about, uh, you know, women or women, trans women or women and all that stuff. And, and why, you know, the, the feminist movement isn't, isn't bristling at that. And it has a lot to do with just, you know, the public perception. Sure. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't understand. Uh, the, the, okay. So there's a, there's this like picture of the militant feminist that is perpetually outraged. But a lot of the feminists that I, I've talked to or that I know, they're not perpetually outraged. They're pretty much, they're very compassionate people. They just, yeah. they're, they're looking for a, a, uh, a solid ground to figure out how to empower themselves. Well, again, and I think one of the things that yeah. we've talked about a lot of times on the show is we are exhausted, like my, of the outrage. Like my, my outrage tank is completely empty at this point. Yeah, right. I'm, I exactly. cannot care anymore. I just can't. And they, but they continually want to feed us like Jody or Stefan, you shared with us the story last night about the, the investor of sound of freedom. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, one of the big investors apparently, um, cause he got his name in the credits, just got arrested for child kidnapping. Whoops. Wild, huh? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, what better way to cover up your pedo lifestyle than to invest in an anti-pedo film? If there was a nickel Jesus for Pete. every time that happened, right? The, the people that scream about a thing end up getting caught doing the thing. Oh, okay. absolutely. See, but this is the kind of thing that drives me nuts because you guys are going to have me trying to defend abhorrent behavior. Oh, yeah. We're totally, we're poking the bear. Okay. I hate Get you. Get to it. No, but here's the thing. I, I read that story that you sent me. I read the other three other versions when I Google, you know, I'll try yeah. these versions yeah. too, right? All these other sources. Shoddy journalism is completely set up. Journalism now, as it as it stands, news, quote unquote, is just there to poke the outrage fire. In this story, claiming that this guy, you know, the whole point of that story is, ah, uh, see, these people who like this, who like the anti kid trafficking movie or trafficking kids. There's no detail. One, I mean, the story is positioned like he's a producer of the show when. He gave money to the show, movie. A lot of people gave, to the, but here to the point, we don't know the amount. Right. We don't know how much right. he gave to the show. We don't know how big of an event. We enough, also don't know. To get your name on it, though. There's an assumption there, though. 
But no, there was a whole thing. I remember, and I don't know the economics of this particular film, but I remember like there was a thing with like, remember Lord of the Rings when the Lord of the Rings movies came out? There was like a special edition thing. You could pay nineteen ninety nine and get your name in the credits of like the extended editions that came out on DVD. And like the credit scene was like 35 minutes long because all these people gave this money. Yeah. So again, but aside from that, we don't know how much he gave. We also don't know the 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 situation in which he is child kidnapping. Right. Is this, you know, is he a is he a baby daddy and was in a long term relationship and those are his kids and the and his and his partner has claimed that they're being kidnapped and he's been tried. We don't know the situation, but they don't care about any of that. Right. They don't care about that. The story is ah ah ah. Guess what? It keeps sound of freedom in the conversation longer so good absolutely it sure there's uh, the whole it's just, like, innocent till proven guilty thing too uh, see and that's why you're a lawyer yeah i, d- I just love these types of articles because uh, like travis said a lot of times those that scream the loudest about something are the ones that are doing the same type of thing i mean it's article after article of like I'm trying to think there was one in Florida recently where this this guy was the the head of like the women's defense fund in Florida or something like that and then just got arrested for you know molesting a kid Um, you know those types of things that they just they scream loud about it and then you know in the back like you said what what's easier to hide your pedoness than pay money to look at other people's pedoness what a wide, All right, back to mad world we live in. So, yeah, uh, I would encourage you again to listen to the episode. Uh, shout out to Amanda Souter. She was an absolutely wonderful guest. She's amazing. Uh, be on the lookout, you know, relatively soon for her. She's got a lot of things going. Maybe maybe there's a little bit of Freedom Cat in her. I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. I was really impressed with her. Like, you know, to come in here and, like, the three of you beating up on the woman on the woman podcast about Barbie. I mean, she did What great. the hell are you talking about? This is what we said. He's going to stoke the fire. She's okay. Stoke the fire. No, okay, fine. You know what? Behind the curtain. Yeah, you, ha- you gave me that take. You're like, I don't know, man. Double guys beating up on the girl. So what a crazy I said, me. Like, I said there were like two instances. No, where it crazy me, though. I actually reached out to the girl in question. And apparently the actual woman didn't feel beat up despite what the liberal white male thought happened. <laughs> How about that? You should talk for her, though, Chris. Or Travis. Yeah, by all means, Travis. Be outraged for the woman. Let who's know who's the real? Let, who's, let, yeah. let Amanda know how she really felt Yeah, about tell Amanda it. how she should really feel, Travis. I, I think what I said was the perception from listening to it was Yours. That, not that Amanda Your perception. felt that way. Your I, perception. I'm pretty sure that was my feedback. I didn't uh, say that. I, no, no, no. By I, all means. I didn't pretend to speak yeah. to Amanda. Well, crazy us. Anti-feminist us lets the woman speak for herself. We don't just, you know, yeah, Jesus, Pete. We got to we got to change our ways, guys. Anyway, thanks for being here. Uh, <laughs> hey, you're welcome. So yeah, that was it. I, it. Listen to the episode. Um, you know, it's one of these things where again, I thought the movie was well done. Production value. Greta Gerwig does her thing, but I do. I think that if you're going to step into the politics of it, those particular areas, like I think that America Ferrera speech was incredible. That guy was awesome. It, it brought new insight. And I think there's a reason why women and girls are responding so strongly to this. I just think that if you're going to step into that, though, just think out, think out, think the argument out in your head before you put something down to paper. That movie was too well done for be able to pick, be picked apart that quickly. 
in terms of its politics. All right, I'm getting a bunch of nodded, nodding heads on an audio medium, so I guess we'll just move on. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, no, I think your point was accurate that there were some inconsistencies, you know, and people can go back, listen to the podcast. Thank you, Travis. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, women, um, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't stretch to speak for women, but the ones that I know I are that. successful. I wouldn't stretch to speak for, for women, but <laughs> however, the however, ones I know, the ones I know are, do that. the ones that I know are successful. They have, they have overcome their obstacles and become successful. Don't take that away. <laughs> Don't take their power away from them. Right. They did it. Let them, let them have that. Absolutely. Because they took it. So. All right. Well, we as good Americans completed the Barbenheimer challenge that was put forth to us this summer. We saw Barbie and then we saw Oppenheimer. Yeah. Or wait, wait I, what order did you see them in? Same. Same. Barbie then Oppenheimer. Yep. I actually went Oppenheimer Barbie. Rebel. But I stood in the Barbie box when well, I went to go see Oppenheimer. Is that Oppenheimer. Oppen B then? Oppen, yeah, I was going to say. Oppen, Oppen B. Oppen B. Oppen B. Doesn't have the same ring to it. it. Sounds like a, a rap song. It kind of does. Yeah. Like Cardi B. It's a little more poppy. Opp Oppie B. <laughs> she threw a <laughs> microphone at a guy. Did you see that? I saw that, yeah. And she, like, she yeah. got charged. Good for her. I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm for Cardi in this particular. And some guy throws a drink at her and she says, he throws the mic at him. Boom. Yeah. Did she hit him? Pretty sure. Did he die? But did he die? But did he die? Jeez, oh, I just got a text from somebody. They're listening to us live? No. Golly. What is this, 2020? I tested positive for COVID this morning. Had symptoms last night, dot, dot, dot. Mm, Congratulations. Well, you, know, you were within the, the Yeah, we don't circle. care anymore. That's... Unless you're being attacked by murder hornets yeah. and aliens. Listen, li yeah, and Lizzo. Lizzo, yeah. How about, oh, what Horror better segment. way to hide that you're a complete piece of shit than acting like you're not a complete piece of shit? Yep. Lizzo. That's a hard segue. That was. It, it, did you bring a banana? No, it wasn't a hard segue. <laughs> you stop. This is for children. <laughs> Freedom Cats is for the kids. By the way, Freedom Cats is not for children. He was talking about Cardi B, so I just brought it back to the, the I looked at your hand thing. and the thing that, you know... You've been hitting on that. I thought it that was a banana. Like a banana. I was like, oh, he brought a banana. Yeah. No. It's yellow. Vape. Yeah. Good old Lizzo. How about that? You think she's getting canceled? I don't, I don't no. know. I don't know. know the full she's story. On the, she's on the canceling side. I don't know the full story. Like both, both sides canceled. Don't talk about that. But the, the other like side's that. not buying Lizzo albums. The other side that would, would cancel her. They weren't part of. They weren't part of her demographic well, anyway. You don't need to actually buy a thing to cancel it, though. Like the people that were canceling Bud Light, do you think they all actually drank Bud Light before? I think a lot of them actually did. Yeah, it was a lot of hillbillies. Funny no, story Bud about yeah. uh, Bud Light. <laughs> Bud Light was actually trending downward before that whole thing. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. They were like number well, seven, crap. number nine in the U.S. by that time. Before that time, now they're like fourteen. My my issue with the whole thing is now we're like there are distributors, there are guys in canneries and think canneries is that canneries breweries who, breweries where they put them in the can. There are yeah. people along the distribution line that are losing jobs now that mm -hmm. are affected mm -hmm. a great deal. That world. And that's Bud Light was. That's not rhetorical. I'm asking you the question. As someone who's in, who lives in that world, yeah, yeah. Bud Light, Bud Light was. I would imagine Bud Light was a big piece of that pie. But well before this whole thing, Bush Light eclipsed that significantly. I mean, you go to the, the you look at what they're doing now with pricing. Budweiser and Bud Light are priced lower than Bush Light. 
at the grocery stores and stuff. Uh, and that was before the Dylan Mulvaney stuff. Yeah. As a guy with yeah. like a craft brewery, to me, it seems like this is just like, you, you don't get the regular beers anymore. Like everybody's going craft brewery now. Like how long before like stadiums and everywhere, like where you see like the, the lower end beers, like there are no more lower end beers. It's just all oh, going to be craft No, and, and here's the thing. Like Miller Lite's a staple. Yeah. A lot of the, the big boys, they've got plenty of money to throw around. I mean, we're talking to a place in Fort Wayne, like huge place. And uh, they're like, well, we'll we'll get your beer in here, but you have to buy the kegerator. You have to do all the marketing. You have to do yeah. all this stuff because AB pays us for everything else. So the deck is stacked against the independent. AB craft is Anheuser Busch, but there Thanks. are yeah, that. there are craft breweries underneath the AB brand, the Anheuser Busch brand. Well, isn't it, they have a number of them. Isn't it though? Like such, I mean. It, because isn't like the way it's segmented, like uh, macro and micro, like Sam Adams is considered a micro brewery. Isn't that right? Technically still. Yeah. Yeah. So like you think about Sam Adams is classified in the same way that like you are as a micro brewer. Yeah. That's insane. I mean, there's a lot more. Segment. There's some, yeah, No they, offense, bro, but there's, there's, there's many miles between you and Sam Adams. The like, way that we're classified has been changed as well. They're okay. again, big money. Um, like the, the barrelage that a quote unquote microbrewery could be allowed has been raised like three different times to keep Yingling and Sam, Sam Adams in that category. Huh. Um, so it was from like, I want to say they doubled it from like 3 million barrels a year up to 6 million barrels a year. And, um, essentially it's just to keep Yingling and, and, uh, and Sam Adams in the fold, if yeah. you will, to me. Like as far as microbreweries are concerned, I look at a, a uh, one like New Glarus up in Wisconsin. Yeah, like they they are the number six largest microbrewery in the country, and the the thing about that is amazing to me. They only sell in Wisconsin, and they're the sixth largest. That's crazy. Behind New Belgium, Sam Adams, whatever. Like you go to Wisconsin, there is not a bar up there that you don't see Spotted Cow. Um, You know, Wisconsin's like a whole different world. Beer and cheese. Beer cheese cheese and sausage. That's Wisconsin. So like the Bud Light boycott, I don't imagine that affected you one bit. No, no. no, I'm not coming to to hop lore for a Bud Light. No, we do sell it. I mean, we have we have a few macros that we sell, but uh, I didn't really see any difference before or after. Would it affect, I mean, uh, a bar down the street, like a Rex's, right? Does it affect them or does someone who goes into Rex's just, well, I'm not getting Bud Light, I'm moving over to Miller. Is it that quick? Yeah. Like, so they do they yeah. feel... So on the, the but, customer level, no one's feeling, is anybody really feeling an impact on the, on that side of the bar? Probably not unless you're stocking huge amounts of Bud Light. I mean, the, the thing that's funniest to me is that, uh, Modelo has taken its place as the number one, uh, in the country. Guess who Modelo is owned by? Anheuser-Busch. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's just moving, so it's just moving, moving market money from share. one hand to another hand, basically. Yeah. So there's not really any ill effects of the whole Bud Light thing. because How much still- Bud Light were they selling at Mexican restaurants? No, the white dudes are now drinking Modelo. I know, but they, that means they were going into like a Mexican restaurant. And they were like, I'll take a Bud Light. No, Modelo's though at other places, right? Yeah. I can get a Modelo anywhere. 
Yeah, but don't you don't people don't people typically get a Modelo at a Mexican restaurant? No. Am I crazy? I mean, I get. I mean, yes. I, if you're, I yeah, get, but they like, get them other places Negro. too. All right. Gringo bars yeah. or something. I guess I don't know. Why you got to make Modelo just a Mexican I, thing? Because I I associate it every time I go to a Mexican restaurant. Because words have meanings, Chris. <laughs> That's right. Chris. What words mean? <laughs> That's, That's right, right, Chris. That's right. <laughs> um, speaking of you know fighting the fight, you know, and being inspired by your innovation, you know. What'd you guys think of Oppenheimer? I liked it. I liked it. I thought it was good. I uh, I especially I haven't, seen it. I haven't seen it. I like the uh, the the way that they differentiated the different time frames. At first, I was like, "Why is this black and white? Why is this color?" Yeah, black and white was color? actually the fu- present day or the future, and color was the past. The past. Yeah, yeah. They uh, the last round of communist witch hunts. They captured that well. Yeah, the McCarthyism stuff. My uh, back recently. My favorite reading of this movie is that uh, Oppenheimer is Christopher Nolan's reaction to the superhero genre. Like as the guy who bore out the superhero franchise, the superhero boom with the Batman movies, like he is Oppenheimer. And he is struggling with the nightmare scenario that he has oh, created. That's nice. oh, I man. like that. And this is this is highlighted by Robert Downey Jr. being cast as his nemesis. Obviously, Robert Downey Jr. the uh, cast as Iron Man yeah. is what really yeah. launched the MCU. All right, I like it. Right? I mean, it's not bad. I mean, that's really good, Chris. I like that a lot. That's really good. Yeah. It's not bad. It makes you, I don't know. I like, is it true? I don't know. But I don't know. Is is that what Nolan had in mind? I mean, he's, he's a very exacting director. Like he doesn't, you know, he doesn't, he thinks about all of those castings from the top of the bill to the bottom. I think this really, I hope this starts something. I think what you're putting out into the universe, I hope it starts something. I I, I I think there's something to that. I think there's something to that. That's interesting. Um, Jody, you're somebody who, it feels weird to say this. You're closest to this space than any of us are. You know, with JC Innovations, you're closest to the, <coughs> you know, theoretical physicists. Science. And, okay. Yeah. What, what do you think? What, what do you see when you see, watched Oppenheimer? What did you identify with? What did you connect with? Um, I liked the movie. Um, every, all the points you guys just brought up, just from a cinematogra- cinematography standpoint. Easy for you to say. Um, the... <laughs> The um, perspective that the movie is written in, um, with it being from the perspective of Oppenheimer, I thought was really interesting. I don't know how much it correlates to the book. You've read the book, so you can can speak to that. But just this idea of someone who is operating outside the confines of like the social norm, but kind of has this perpetual internal conflict that he internalizes. It's not an expressed internal conflict. That's a hard thing to manifest on the screen. And uh, Killian Murphy, right? That's the actor that played Oppenheimer. I think he nailed it, right? You could just see this internal turmoil all the time, having to deal with everybody and their brother from the outside telling him what he should be doing, what he should know, what he shouldn't be doing. And he's just plodding along with his little, you know, with his own map, with his own direction. And, uh, that open-mindedness comes in conflict with a lot of the social norms, as an example, with the com- his relationship with the Communist Party. And 
it's great that they, they tie him to the Communist Party by saying he's not really interested in the politics. He's not interested in politics either way. He was using that as a way to funnel money. And then he was interested in the people that he had met that were in the Communist Party. Right. He's a guy who was preoccupied with being on the right side of history, which the ultimate irony of his life is that somebody who was so focused on being on the right side of history ends up being the father of the father of one of the worst weapons we've ever created. Yeah. Right. Which it was his own struggle, right? Because he had the smaller version of a much bigger version. Yeah. Right. And so that was his fight was like, uh, somehow he, it seemed like he was rationalizing. Well, I, I'll just keep it at the smaller version. (laughs) And we see though. And I think what we see for me, we see what happened with the, with Manhattan and Trinity, right? The guys who created it had the best intentions, Right. When they, you know, they, they're, they're piggybacking off of Einstein's relatively relativity theory, which was a whole interesting thing too. in the whole thing, like all these guys aren't, he, he, he discovers relativity or comes up with a theory of relativity. And then they all piggyback off of him. They launch from him, but then have the nerve to like, look back like, Oh, Albert. He's, he, he's the greatest mind of his generation, but yeah. we're doing all these great things. It's like, bro, you, you're not doing anything without this guy. And again, we see the same thing we talk about even like here locally, right? With our infrastructure and our businesses here. You know, you're not dealing with the people anymore who created those businesses, who well, started those businesses. You're dealing with the people who came after them. And in the same way, Oppenheimer and Heller and all of those guys, those are the people that came after the pioneers and the creators. And so there's that struggle of they're owed something they're they're the they're the next part of this but they still are incredibly reliant on what happened first but they don't have respect for it the 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 end of the movie i think was so exacting i think nolan nolan was so exacting in his uh appreciation for what the scientific methodology is supposed to be i think most people miss it particularly because there's, there's this common, uh, moniker or common idiom that this is science. You got to believe the science. The problem is that science is not intended to be believed. It's intended to be, uh, uh, dissected and evaluated and challenged. Science is never intended to be static. The minute it's it's static, it becomes religion. There's a problem with people and like doing science in real life with COVID and they're just like, oh crap, why is stuff changing? Because science changes. Science is intended to change. It's supposed to be the perpetual peer review of status quo, of the current state of the art to advance the state of the art. Needs to be questioned. And so at the end of this movie, Einstein's whole point Oppenheimer was, yeah, I took us this far knowing the next person needed to go do it again, do my journey again and advance the cause. And at the end of it, you're going to get the same, like that same bittersweet. Well, you know, I took it, I took the baton this far. Now the next guy has to take it to the next phase. And the way they summed it up, it's so, because I think from the outside, it looks like, well, nobody appreciates what you did, right? Yeah. Your stuff's old. It's no longer valued. And you know what? They're not wrong, but it was required to advance that phase of science to get it to the next phase. But once it's done, it's done. Once people have already disproven it, it's no longer valuable. Now you're moving on to the, the new philosophy, the new science. 
And so I really I like that. I was like, ooh, that is it. That's exactly it. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's pretty wild. I mean, as far as like peer reviews and things like that, like all that type of stuff is absolutely necessary to to move science forward. And I think that's the argument that a lot of people have. Well, this was the science and, you know, it, they just don't get it that it's got to constantly be changing right. uh, in order to continue to move forward. Well, they, they like to view it in terms of like historical significance and it's really not science does not maintain its legitimacy with the same level as historical significance because historical significance is derived from geography and people who have made their timestamp at that period of time with an actual action that's indelibly etched in that time frame. Mm-hmm. whereas science is only valid as long as it's provable. Yeah. It doesn't have a lineage. There's no lineage. Once it's disproven, that means it was garbage the whole time. So, which is what we want to do. We want to get rid of the garbage. So we're constantly trying to prove it over and over and over again. Well, that's why I think folklore has its place in stories. I mean, uh, folklore basically was simply the way that people would explain phenomena before modern science could do so. I mean, but there is still that place. We still learn about Einstein's theory of relativity. Um, but now we have all this new stuff to learn. Um, the uncomfortability with constant changes as humans is puts it in that historical context. That's I think, right. A lot of times. That's right. That's, I, I think, I think that, yeah, if it, as we advance, we're going to look back at the theory of relativity and we're going to be like, okay, it applies for a very small subsegment of the physical universe. Yeah. And now we expanded our understanding of beyond, you know, light speed and beyond, you know, the quantum mechanic, the quantum physics realm. Right. And once you get into that realm, you're dealing with a different dynamic. So we're going to look back at it and be like, but we needed that, right? We needed that to advance all the equipment and all the understanding of particle physics to get to the point where we could build the quantum physics model. This makes me think of like spiral dynamic stuff or like human psychology, like as you evolve in your understanding of things and like look back and like go through like tribalism to collectivism, like each phase is important to get to the next phase. Like once you get towards the end, you look back and you're like, yeah, it's not that that one's necessarily bad. Like I needed that one to make me who I am today. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. Right. That's what I think. Yeah. No, you guys are on a roll. I just, yeah. <laughs> so it, the movie is Nolan, so it's good. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the marketing was, you need to go see this in IMAX after seeing this twice. I feel like that's a bit of a marketing ploy. Yeah. Did, there's did that really. IMAX? I, uh, I saw it in small town IMAX. I went to the movie theater and sat in the front row. I just looked up. I like what you did there. Yeah. It's really, uh, Chris nailed it. It's like, people, it's a lot of guys talking in rooms. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of Lincoln. Like it's guys talking in rooms and then traveling to go talk in other rooms. Yeah. Um, but not to, and that takes nothing away from the movie. I just think if you're waiting to see this, if you can see this in your small town, small town theater. So it was so, the 70 millimeter film a waste then? Would you say? So, no, I mean, listen, it, it, 
again, I didn't see it in I didn't see it in IMAX. Okay, I mean, is that how Nolan just is that just Nolan's process? He just does everything on seventy. I think so. Yeah, I th and so it's one of those things where it's like, you know, this is how he he meant for it to be made. This is how he, and how much do you lean into the the author's intent? You know, what the author wants versus what you want. Like, sure. eventually, I'm gonna watch this movie on my phone. Now that's not what Nolan wanted, but at some point, yeah, I'll watch this movie on a streamer on my phone. You know, that's yeah. just, that's, it is what it is. So I didn't, I've seen plenty of movies in IMAX. I didn't think that this, I, I didn't feel like I lost anything not seeing this in IMAX. What are the parts that you would have wanted to see in IMAX? Oh, well, I mean, he completely recreates Trinity, Trinity being the testing of the atom bomb. He recreates that legit, like no CGI. Like he, they packed in, just pounds and pounds and pounds of explosives and everything else to recreate the Trinity test in camera. Like there's no CGI in this movie. So yeah, to see that explosion in IMAX, I'm pretty sure that's probably pretty incredible. That's just one scene. Well, I mean, sure. I mean, that's the first thing that comes to mind. But yeah, yeah. Um, but to your point, you're like, do you need to see the whole thing for that one you scene? You don't need to no. see this movie in IMAX. Yeah. No. And if you do, don't worry about seeing it set. I mean, very few... I think there's 33 places around the country that have a 70 millimeter IMAX screen. We we're lucky enough to have one here in Indiana down at the state at the state museum. Um, but yeah, if you, if you want to see it, 35 millimeter would be more than okay. But like I said, I've seen it twice at my local theater and enjoy, really enjoyed it. So this movie, um, a lot of people like to project their morals and values onto Oppenheimer. So when they see the movie, they get offended because, you know, he's having sex with communists, right? Having sex with a married lady, like basically yeah. steals a married lady from her husband. And while he's having sex with this married lady, he's having multiple affairs. So the standard moral framework that like a Judeo-Christian per person would apply to a human, he's not going to fit that model. He's got a different model he's working off of. But when you, when you take it from the standpoint of the character as defined and you watch it from his journey, it all starts to make sense to some extent because like you said, his primary objective, his primary focus was to, to be somebody of significance in history and to be on the right side, to be, on the, be the hero side of that journey. Right. And so when you view it from that narrative, all these other things are just noise, right? Yeah. He's like funding this Spanish conflict or whatever, but he's doing it through the Communist Party because that's how he can get the money there. Doesn't care about the politics. He really doesn't. That's the way I interpreted his actions. But he liked the dialogue and the openness and the freedom of speech aspect of the party at the time. And so his engagement with that party was represented in him doing like a labor movement, right? And him engaging with these different women that were in the organization, engaging with these different people who were actively supporting that stance. And so some of the feedback I've gotten from people is, well, I didn't like it because it's all about communism. And I was like, I don't, I don't know if I agree with that. I think it was just a guy who was open-mindedly trying to get to his objective and saw some parallels and some opportunities to engage with people he was interested in. They happened to be in the Communist Party. Stefan. Yes. People, this is a biography. Yeah. And there has been news stories, posts, whatever, about historical inaccuracies. Sure. In the movie. 
why are people why are the people why are people not as upset and offended about the inaccurate the, the historical inaccuracies of this movie that there were of sound of freedom because of probably because of the what it's purporting to be it's it's cinema uh as far as like it's not pushing a movement it's not uh taking and saying hey uh that you know you need to do this because these people did this uh you need to be involved because these people did this um and i think it has to do also with time frames i mean the the older the the piece of historical content i think the the larger the openness for or artistic interpretation if you will um so because that the because the atomic bomb didn't happen with it. very few people are still around where that happened in their life there's it's, no call to action like the sound of freedom has a call to action now go do something this yeah. is just like a history yeah. piece that we could complain about what happened but there's no call to action for us now whereas the one the other one has an agenda yeah i was not i was now. not moved to go out and try to make an atomic bomb or stop atomic bombs from being dropped yes neither yeah have we gotten to that place that Oppenheimer wanted? Have we have, have 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 we taken atomic bombs essentially off the off the map? I mean, we haven't had one. We haven't seen one used since Hiroshima, Nagasaki. Other than in tests, but yeah. tests, sure. But I mean, have we? Do you think we've gotten to that place? No, I don't think so. I think the next time uh, uh, something will be used like that is not going to be by a government. I think it'll be by individuals. Look at the dirty bomb. Yeah. 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 That seems like the big concern now is like now that we have them, like we don't use them, but we have to keep them extremely secured because somebody else is going to take them and the nut job will use them. I what? mean, the, there's something to be said about his his idea of mutually assured destruction. Like that's one of the things I, I walked away from the movie of is when they were sitting around the table and, and he's like, well, why are we, why do we need to make one of those when we can just go to the Russians and say, look, if you make these, we're going to make them too. And then, you know, everybody dies. Um, that theory that uh, basically ran the entire cold war is still the theory today uh even after the cold war is over is that you know you guys have these but we have these too if you guys shoot these off we shoot these off too yeah and i don't know if you guys did anybody else do any like a bomb youtube deep dives and rabbit holes after seeing this no the, i did um the uh, the the level uh the the power of these bombs now compared to what we dropped in world war ii is staggering I yeah mean, absolutely it, i mean the 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 level of the ability to destroy is so much greater now than it ever was back then but it, well all right sounds like sounds like we've got uh pretty well, good consensus consensus on this film let's uh let's take it to a vote all right all right. I'm in. I'd, I'd say, yeah, make it canon. I'm in. Yeah. Travis is our guest. 
I mean, I, I didn't see it, but uh, well, then, what I'm hearing here, sure. Sounds yeah. great. All sounds right. Great. I'm a yes. Oppenheimer is in the canon. Congratulations, boys. We did it. This Trinity test is over. It's all over. Uh, so uh, let me ask you this. Conspiracy corner. Time. Let's take a pause real quick. All right. Coming back back from a quick little break. Jody had to leave us. He's got to go put people on the water. Tippy river adventures is alive and kicking, man. They just oh, yeah. did a presentation this week. Um, a lot of fun, super fun, super fun. I, uh, I got stuck on a river with my son in the pouring rain and it was in some, some folks might think that, I mean, that was like the bad part of our trip. It ended up making our trip. Like it was, a, it was an absolute blast. So check them out. That's the part you remember. I mean, I mean, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. That and my son peed off a boat for the first time. Oh, yeah. All right. And he was like, That's can't. a core memory. Yeah. Right he's there. like, can I? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> One of my fun, you know, peeing moments in my life was peeing in the Grand Canal in Venice when I was doing a backpack trip through Europe. So I can, I can simplify. Wow. I know it's totally the same thing. Totally the same thing. There's just something about that, like you know. Peeing, Let's you see. Know. What are the most memorable peeing moments? Yeah, pee, of my what's life? your most memorable? One, uh, one of your it most. It was actually me peeing. We uh, we took my family took a trip to New York City. Okay. Our welcome to New York City was a homeless dude peeing on the Brooklyn Bridge. Okay. Yeah. Huh? Never forget it. All welcome right. to New York, guys. Yeah, welcome to New York. Waving and peeing at the same time. That's pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> but remind, okay now okay now we're talking about uh you know since we're talking about uh uh peeing and uh, i'll move over to uh defecating if you don't mind oh okay okay you real now. Uh, when i first had kids you know there's there's this line that you always hear when you have kids before you have kids is oh you you, you won't know what you've ne you wouldn't you never knew what you would love or you never knew how much you could love until you love your kid or you would never know that you could love something so much as you love your kid right and then you have kids and in those early days, they're not sleeping. You're not sleeping. You're terrified. You don't know what you're doing, right? You're not feeling necessarily feeling love, right? You love your kids, but this whole like hallmark bullshit of like, you'll never know that you love something so hard. No, I'm not at all. The first five years, you know, yeah, um, but I had this moment, uh, my daughter, she was, she really could not sleep. She was very, she was colicky, um, just really had a tough go of it when she first joined the world. And there was a time I was holding her and she was coming out of a bath or something. She, she, she was, uh, she wasn't wearing a diaper and I was holding her and I'm trying to console her cause she's so upset and I'm just trying so hard and she poops in my hand and I still I didn't flinch. I didn't freak out like that. Someone had just pooped in my hand. I was like, it's okay. I know I was still so focused on making sure she was okay. That was when I finally got it. I, you didn't know you could love something so much. <laughs> it wasn't like a hallmark things. Like I didn't know I could love someone so much that they could poop in my hand and I wouldn't, I, yeah, that didn't matter. That didn't matter. Kept it was just, the right. Kept it's taking care of her. That was, that was, yeah, that's, that's funny. Super glad I shared that story. Yeah. Uh, she will be too at some point when she becomes when she listens to the show. I'm sure. Yeah. Eight. She's not there yet. But so we voted Oppenheimer in. But I feel like there's stuff going on in terms of like people who create, and it's not the perfect sort of it's not the perfect analogy. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it. Two of you, you are two guys who have created your own atom bombs, if you will, your, your business owners, you have created something and you are trying to, to make a go of it 
in this town, in the downtown area of this town. I just want to wrap with you a little bit. Like how, what is that like? What are your, what are the, what are your, what are your wins? What are your struggles? Downtown's a (laughs) tough thing, man. I can say that from experience. We've been here for two years now and, um, it's not, uh, not an easy place to, to, you know, put up a, a shingle, um, whether it be, you know, not enough things. People say there's not enough things to do downtown. Um, you know, everybody, man, I, I don't disagree. Um, everything being put up elsewhere, um, being a big part of it. Um, what does that mean? Well, I mean, at least after work hours, outside of eating and drinking, there is nothing to do downtown Warsaw. Um, you know, you gotta, you gotta go get groceries. You're pretty much going out of downtown Warsaw. You gotta go east or north, right? Yeah. Yeah. You gotta go get get, roller skating rink on the, you got the roller skating rink over on the east side and the old shopping plaza over there. But now everything new is going up on the north side. We just had Papa Vino's and that whole strip that's going in up there. I mean, that's an eat place, but there's stuff to do up there too. Right. Right. Uh, shopping wise, like you gotta go get right now back to school stuff for the kids. You're not going anywhere near downtown. You're going east or north. Um, so I think that one of the toughest parts is that this town, uh, just having been here after five o'clock, this town basically rolls up the streets after five o'clock, unless you're specifically coming down to eat or drink. Um, there's nothing else that, that keeps people here after their work hours are done. We're starting to get a few things, which is nice. Cause there's like people like us. And I was like, we got Nathan underneath doing tattoo stuff downtown, but that's not yeah. a huge foot traffic thing. He's got a few people in there getting tattoos. Right. 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 But like, we are starting to get stuff. I'm hearing there's a vape shop maybe coming downtown. So there's a place to shop, but I mean, it's going to be limited to people that want to vape. Right. But so, it, okay. No, I get that. I mean, businesses continue to come and give downtown but, a shot just like you did. But I think what I hear you say is that dinner Coffee, drinks, these are sort of the Kens, if you will, of, of an evening out, right? It's, I went to a show and then I got dinner. You know, we went dinner and a show. We have right. or, you know, I, you know, we went and saw, we did something and then we went and got a cup of coffee afterwards on our way home or got a drink and then, or got a drink and then went to, there is no, sorry, Stefan, but there is no entree. In right. terms no, of culture, that's true. That's true. downtown. Well, I mean, and, you, and even the shopping that we do have, we have a number of boutiques, but I think a lot of them, you know, they're um, closed by five. They're closed by five. Yeah, I don't know which, if any of them are open after five, and it's I, which I, is I the craziest thing. Well, I, I've heard I've heard things. Um, there's a specific clientele that they're looking for, and they're not looking for the people that would be here after five o'clock. That's so, but well, who is? I mean, but. Uh, that's a real wide brush because unless you're leaving work, there is nothing to bring me downtown. Right. Cause as I see it, like there, I might be, you know, if I'm off at four thirty, five o'clock, you might get me to that, that spill into a place on my way home. Right. I got to have a beer before I go to the house. I want to get a beer before I go home. Right. Or, you know, to unwind, you get the unwinding crowd, whether that's coffee, Travis, or that's a, you know, a beer with you or dinner or entree or something. Right. Right. But again, there's nothing to keep you here. Right. I mean, life in downtown, let's, let's just talk about the empty lot across the street. Uh, we know that there's more housing going in there. There's going to be a little bit of like flex retail space, but you look at a town like Wabash, 
which actually a few years ago won a big contest for for a grant from a private organization for like best downtowns uh you look at, look at that town uh they got the honeywell center pretty much right downtown yeah uh, this empty lot across the street you have uh let's say the wagon wheel right downtown that in and of itself changes everything Man, that'd be huge. i mean wagon wheels what 20 blocks from downtown yeah. right well, that's a lot of stuff is so disjointed. Like it's all spread out, like as opposed to put it all in the same place. So, yeah. well, a part of it, I mean, we do, you do have that US 30 corridor, which will, I mean, that's a very popular space, understandably, right? Because that their in dot money's coming. And I'm, 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 I'm a guy who reads probably, you know, I read the news. Okay. So I have no insight, but you know, from everything I read in dot, there's in dot money going into, you know, you know, having that, whichever plan they decide to do, whether it's yeah. the current route or something else, I think it's going to be the current route. And so you're going to get a lot more traffic on us 30. And right. so yeah, businesses, car traffic, right? Car traffic, when right? We're talking downtown though. What we need is foot traffic. No, we, I, I understand. And, and yeah. That's like the difference is like the town seems to focus on car traffic in the planning aspect of it and spread things out for people that have big parking lots and car traffic. But like downtown, we need to increase the foot traffic downtown, which well, is stuff to do things on the sidewalk, things like yeah. that outside. One of the things that every single downtown getting, getting rid of all the dumpsters in the alleys. Cause people don't want to smell the dumpsters when they're walking outside. Consol yeah. I'm mean, just yeah. a simple thing like that. Consolidate dumpsters on the, the alley that I'm on. There's like 20 some dumpsters. Why don't we consolidate those into one big dumpster? That's what most bigger cities do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody at every single meeting for downtown that I've ever been to, they talk about parking and that's not, you know, obviously parking's always a concern, but it's also not the concern for downtown. I mean, you want parking, there's an entire city block where people can park, um, right here at, you know, 300, uh, market street. Um, that is a completely open parking lot. And it's always empty. So don't complain about parking and not having parking for downtown when it's there, it's available. Um, so he, he says it right, the, the foot traffic. And the thing about foot traffic is when all the foot traffic is only going in for a coffee or, you know, a meal at 110 or a meal at Mad Anthony's or, you know, drinks at Rex's or whatever, they're not that's why they're not concerned about foot traffic. There's nothing else to walk to outside of those things, unless you're restaurant hopping or bar hopping or whatever. Or if Susie Light or the Arts Commission has brought an arts thing. That's one of the few things that happens downtown when we get some of the outside art, which is right, great. That, right. you know, there's people doing that. But yeah, we need somebody You need put, a movie theater though. You need you need you need an evergreen room. sort of attraction, right? You a, need put right. in a mini golf for kids and families to come to or whatever. I mean stuff like that is what we need probably. Yeah. Yeah, a, a, a changing of a thought of the way that downtown is set up. Um, I mean, Winona Lake has a, a, a big leg up because this, the town actually owns all that, uh, all those buildings. Yeah. Um, so, you know, all the, all the businesses have to answer to the town, like part of the lease is you have to be open, da, 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 this, these days, these hours, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, in a, in a different town, there's no necessarily way to dictate that. Um, other than 
the way that you support the businesses. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't want to, if you don't want to partake in our vision for down, downtown, that's fine, but you can't join our little club. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that's the only way to, to dictate those types of things. I mean, I think Goshen is another good example of, of a bustling downtown. And one of the things that they went and, and did with all the property owners is they said, Hey, look, we want, you know, retail and things for people to do on first floor, second floor offices, third floors, fourth floors can be apartments and things like that. Um, which changes the face of downtown, uh, of downtowns everywhere, basically. Which ours is kind of becoming like that just naturally anyway, but there are still a lot of offices on the first level. Yeah, there are. And I think with, uh, more forward thinking people purchasing the properties downtown, that's, that's one of the things that's changing at this point. Um, you know, the, the support for the businesses in downtown by the, you know, organizations is, is paltry at best. Um, to be honest, as far as that's concerned, um, you know, when, when an organization that, that is there specifically for downtown, uh, businesses brings in a bunch of businesses from not downtown and hypes them up. What do you think that the people that own businesses and pay property taxes here in town think? Um, you know, I'll be the first one to admit it. I, I look at this like, oh, great. There's this going to be this thing this Friday. That's awesome. I appreciate the fact that businesses, some businesses are, are benefiting from that. At the same time, this organization that purports to be in support of our downtown community doesn't do anything for the actual downtown businesses that pay their membership that are part of the downtown. I, I, I think that's tricky though. Because I I, yeah, like I, I think that's, of, I think, go ahead. I, I think, I think what they're trying to do is solve the activity problem by making the event to increase the foot traffic in because like i've had this discussion with uh rob parker like as, as as a downtown guy who owns a place that sells food uh when there's an event that has food trucks that's not so great uh, because they eat the food trucks they don't come inside and buy my food but as like a local guy looking for something to do i like events with food trucks so there is like the having the food trucks draws more people right. downtown and in the long run there is a benefit there so it's like it's 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 a little bit of a point of friction as a guy that's like oh gosh like this kind of sucks but also it's kind of good but i think you do need both my bigger concern is like you know we had the the downtown third friday like last month wasn't even downtown the organization that exists solely to promote the downtown moved the downtown event not downtown again and i Look, I, I don't work for the chamber, so I have no I have no real dog in this, but I am a chamber member and they've done a lot to promote my business. They've done a lot to promote my business. Now, I will say that some of it is you they have this menu of things they can do to promote your business and you go to them and say, I want to do this, this, and that from the menu, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, pro- I, knowing, knowing people who work at the chamber, I think that, you know, it's just like anything else, there's an issue of scale. They've got a lot going on, and maybe maybe there aren't enough people to do all the things that they're trying to support. But like, they've done a, they do a lot to support your business. I hear what you, you, go, go, I hear go, what you guys you are go, saying. If you go to them, they're more than happy to help out. And you just gotta know what, and a lot of it's knowing all the things they do. There's a little bit of a communication gap there where like you can find out all you got to do is reach out yourself as right. opposed to sit back and complain. But like reach the, out to them. You should have some sort of a partner if you're in the chamber that works yeah. with you, an ambassador or something like that. Now, okay. again, now the, 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 the thing you mentioned about the event that wasn't the downtown event that wasn't downtown. Right. Now, just like any other downtown organ- adjacent, there's stuff that they, that they, 
again, I'm, I am not employed by the chamber, uh, <laughs> but I also know that just to be fair, I know that some of the things are out of their hands. Like they don't own downtown. They're not a Winona Lake. They don't own the downtown space. And if they're told they can't be there that week, then they got to, they, they still put something on. They just have, they just move. And I don't even know if that's the case. I have no idea, but my understanding is the, the, the city was involved potentially in that relocation somehow, but I, I wasn't involved in those discussions. I guess the bigger gripe was so the, how two, about the, the bigger gripe was like the marketing. We didn't know that the switch had even happened. Like there was a Facebook post. And I'm like, hey, is this like in addition to downtown? What's going on? None of the business owners were notified. I made an open mic night to coincide with Third Friday. And then Third Friday's pulled out from underneath of me. John's got 30 pounds of fish for his, you know, fish on Third Friday at the diner. That he always does. And hey, by the way, John, there's not a Third Friday this month. You know, great. I got my fish already. And, you know. And then the Pink is Punk event at Atelier, or Atelier, however she pronounces that. Hopefully I got the that what? right. Uh, the art gallery. No, I just want to hear you try to say it again. I know you're I, Atelier? I, I don't know. It seems like it'd be some sort of French or something. I don't, I, I'm not sure. Um, we could go hillbilly and go Atelier, uh, you know, but. Anyway, she had her event that night on Third Friday, and Third Friday is not downtown. So there were there were at least three different planned events on Third Friday downtown, and then the downtown event didn't happen to coincide with them because the business owners don't know. What's the city like working with as a downtown merchant? It's politics. How so? Mm. I mean, I, I, right. I mean, you're elected I mean, officials. I understand there's politics yeah. involved, but what, yeah. what do you mean when you say it's politics? Everything's, everything takes a long time. Um, so even if something does actually come to fruition, it takes a long time to get done. Yeah. Um, you know, we're talking, I'll just give the example. We're talking about doing a brew fest here at the, the, uh, tap room here in Warsaw. And, um, basically in order to be able to, you know, get the street shut down and stuff like that, we're talking like a three, four month window where, you know, it gets approved by the mayor and then it has to go before the city council and, and they have to go through all that and their meetings, um, stuff like that. Um, a lot of it is also, you know, we're, we're, it's politics. We're trying to get reelected. So not know, this town, say, no election this year. Yeah. Isn't that fun? Yeah. Yeah. Travis, what's that about? <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm spending more time with my wife and kids. Sorry. And I don't live in the city limits. So. <laughs> uh, the, I think, it, to be fair, as entrepreneurs, we're always looking to push forward. And we're in a hurry to do things. We want to make change. The government, not so much. Uh, right. and, and, and they're responding to voters who, you know, are of a different demographic, maybe, or whatever it is, where it's hard to make change. Well, uh, we, you guys we're, keep we're ready to make change, and 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 the change. It's not that they're opposed to the change, but they slow it down to try and like bring it in gradually, which is frustrating from our end. But what? But hold on. What voters? What voters are they trying to appease? There's no election. Like, you know, you say, well, oh, they're just trying to, you know, they're trying to win their next election. I feel like there's there should be a certain level of safety if you're a local official. Like, you're not going to lose. Like, once the primary is over, you're done. Even now, even this year, there was no primary. Yeah. So it's not voter appeasement. So what is it? I think it's the, the difference in the generations, to be completely honest. Like, you have an older generation that's in there. Stefan and I are younger generation. There's people even younger than us getting involved and you're starting to see this, this turnover. So you guys, okay, you have a magic wand, right? You, uh, you get 
30 million dollars from the state to fix downtown what are you doing putting in things to do yeah yeah talking to, to uh you know as far as business is concerned um and supporting businesses that are in place at that point, you know, you're talking to places that aren't necessarily downtown saying, Hey, you know, we've got this money. Is there any way that we can, you know, get you move, get you to come to downtown? Um, you know, I, I say the wagon wheel, that's a, uh, an example that I can pop off the top of my head, you know, go to, go to them and say, Hey, you know, we've got this spot. Um, we've got this money. Uh, what we wh how can we make this happen? Let, let's bring this to downtown or, um, the, the problem for downtown as well is that it, it's such a tight downtown that, uh, you know, bringing something like that means having an empty lot somewhere, right. um, Which you know, have. uh, I go back to like Wabash, for example, Wabash is downtown, uh, is significantly larger. Uh, than, than Warsaw's. And um, so the ability to, to do that type of stuff is, is a lot easier that way. And you have to have, you have, to have a local government that's willing to, to, to see what that need is and make the right decisions when it comes along. You know? Yeah, for sure. The skating rink in Winona Lake, we had every chance to have it right here in town. Yeah. yeah. Every chance in the world. K21 put up the money. Could have been here, but Parks Department didn't want to run it. And that was the end of the conversation, which is still to this day crazy to me. You talk about something that brings families into the downtown area. Mm -hmm. You know, it's Center Lake. It's adjacent, but it's adjacent enough. You got to have people who are willing to see the bigger vision of it and not because a department doesn't want to handle doing well, it. Well, you know what? We'll find people who do. But this is right, an opportunity. Right. What about the, the, the Buffalo Street project, right? Like the city owned, I mean, there's a developer that owns a lot of it, right? But the city still owns the multi-use building that's supposed to be at the end of it. What, what, what can we, is there some sort of deal that's holding that up? Or why don't we use that uh, land down there? Well, that guy, I mean. That one there, there is uh from what I understand, there's no way out of that contract. Uh, it's pretty, pretty locked up. The, the the, Cause I mean, like if you look on beacon, right. The right. Developer has these lots. City of Warsaw still has this. Yeah. But is that, but is it's that still contracted to that okay. agreement. Yeah. And that guy is currently being sued by South Bend for pulling a similar stunt on yeah. them. And yeah. 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 So that's, yeah. I mean, that's so a quiet got that's a, a stick on the developer on that one. What's that? So we just got the short end of the stick with the developer on that one. Yeah. But yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think an RFP went out. I don't think, I mean, it, they, they got tied into one developer uh, who was a con artist. And now we have this, you know, $500,000 townhouses on North Buffalo Street. Right. And if you, I, I'm not a real estate agent, but I could tell you that if someone has $500,000 to spend on their home, you know where they don't want to live? In a townhouse on North Buffalo Street. Right, right. Again, good intentions, right? The intention there was we there's a housing thing. We need to bring people downtown. We'll put nice housing in the downtown who will then live down here and be invested and come to your coffee shop and come to your, but again, good intentions, just like our man Oppenheimer, good intentions. Well, and I, I guess also a lot of it is that who do you know um, thing. One of the things that seems to hold stuff up a lot is that the very first thing that our, our local politicians do is they go to the people that they know. And, you know, you talk about the RFP and, and whatnot. Um, was this developer just somebody that somebody in the local government knew 
And so that's where, why that developer got that contract. Um, you know, that's, that's another aspect of it that, you know, forward thinking is very important. Um, you know, within what, three months, uh, the, uh, the apartments that are going to be going downtown within three months of, of putting out a general call, they had people, multiple parties, developers that were interested in it, but it took a year to actually put that up and, and advertise that that's available because every avenue of folks that they already knew said no over the course of a year. So, um, the, the forward thinking of it and, we we've talked about the, like the good old boy network in the past, um, where it's all about, you know, you support the people that, you know, um, at a certain point you have to get out of that. Can, I don't know. Can you though? I mean, cause a part of me feels like, and I'm getting a, here I am defending the good old boy network, but like you run for office. There are people who support you from the ground level. Right. Not, not just, I'm not talking about financially, but I'm also talking about just the people that support you as you try to step into this. And those are the people who the people who supported you are going to be the people that you bring along with you. And when, and the higher you go, I understand like the higher you, you can't, there's a certain point that you get where you're no longer clean. You can't get to a certain level of power and elected, elect, elected level and be clean. Yeah. But Part of it, I think what the, the good old boy network, we're blaming people for just human nature. Like if I'm, you get what I'm saying? Like if I, well, I guess it's also organizations are supposed to have policies and procedures in place that combat the human nature, right? Like the city should have policies that say we open stuff up to bidding and, and like yeah. not wink, wink bidding, you know, like actually like just put it out there. Like why did it take a year to do an yeah. RFP? And like, it's, uh, there should be a procedure that says that's the way it happens because yes, the good old boy is just, it's, it's the relationships I have, right? Like I'm going to call Chris cause I know Chris or whatever it is. That's good old boy. It's just, you're going to call your friends first. Sure. Right. But if you have a procedure in place that you have to follow, then that combats the, you know? Yeah. So it's a different thing, I guess, if you throw the RFP up and then like a few days beforehand, you say, Hey, this thing's going up. Just want to let you guys know. Um, so if you want to jump in on it, you know, make sure to jump in on it. Uh, and maybe it's just the entrepreneur, like Travis said, the entrepreneur side in me, that's like, Hey, w- let's get stuff done. And you know, if, if this isn't happening, let's get it done. So it means a, a change in the policy to, to open it up faster. Um, even if you do give that, Hey, you got, you got 30 days to decide on this, bud. Um, you know, here it is. And then we're opening it up. However, however it needs to be, it's just that uh, the crawl is uh, is irritating. I get you. All right. Well, it's a good talk, guys. I appreciate it. I appreciate your insp- insight and input into what it's like being down here. Support these businesses. Come out to Hoplore. Have a bite. Go get a cup of coffee over at Courthouse Coffee afterwards. Maybe sue somebody. I don't know. Yeah, like, let's, let's do it. Yeah, and all the other downtown uh, purveyors as well. I mean, they all hung a shingle as well. So it's not like uh, just because, you know, 
we're we're sponsors that you know support us. No, of only, course, but, of course. I mean, uh, you're you're two business owners in front of me. No, absolutely. Because support all it, your downtown merchants. I mean, it's a it's a community thing for sure. If right. one does better, the other one does better too. So, right. you know, as far as as all of us out here in downtown, it's uh it's important to to support in general. No question. Um, of course, I'd rather you support me more, but sure. Needless to say, uh, it's it's very important for the downtown community to to support as a whole. Yeah. Well, I think if you have input with any of the businesses, the, you know, use your input, use your voice to be like, hey, maybe stay open a little later. As a guy who closes his coffee shop at four. Right, but you had to close, no, you know, but again, you had to close your place early because, because there's no one around. Yeah, I can show you the data from my point of sale system. Like the sales just drop like a rock because nobody's out, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, sorry, I got a mouthful of bacon. I probably shouldn't eat while I'm talking. That's all right. It's so good, bro. The breakfast pizza Stefan made this morning. Holy smokes. All right. On behalf of all of us. What, what, so what would you do downtown as, as a not business owner, but as a you know consumer of downtown, a person that lives downtown adjacent, what would you like to see? Um, I mean, that, downtown needs question. to be eas more easily accessible. I mean, I just live across Detroit Street, but it's terrifying mm -hmm. to... Uh, yeah. There's a my my kid's favorite park is Center Park, but we don't go to it nearly as much as we go to Elephant Park. I don't know what it's really called. We all call it Elephant Park on Scott Street because there's an elephant statue there. Um, getting to Central get, getting to Central Park Center Park from that side of town is we harrowing. Way over fifteen, yeah. something. Yeah. Um, so it needs to be easier, more easily accessible. There needs to be a draw. You know, I think whether it was you know. The skating rink would have been great, but that's moved on. But even, I mean, Wagon Wheel, sure. But even, you know, I don't know if it's a, a movie theater. You know, mm -hmm. a movie theater that shows second-run movies, super cheap. You know, you want you go see Jaws, and then you get a bite to eat. Something that, like, something, something like that. That just, something of a cultural draw to the downtown is an absolute game-changer for all the businesses there. You know, because it, I'm sorry, it's just you guys run great businesses, but it's not enough to draw me downtown if I live out, yeah. you know, by WCC or if I live on right. that side of town. Because um, it flips the scenario. It's I went downtown to get dinner and then I went to the movie theater if you're lucky. But usually people, you know, it's, it's that you, you want to go right there. But sure. Like if, if I'm, I'm going, going to go, see, if I'm going to, if I'm, if, I mean, I'm trying to think if I, you know, well, it, it is though, but if it's like dinner in a movie, where am I going if I'm going to North Point? Mm -hmm. I'm asking. Culver's? I don't know. There's nothing up there. <laughs> right. There's nothing yeah. up there. I mean, speaking to Aldi? the disjointedness of the community. Yeah. Like if I'm going to dinner in a movie, I don't know. But I also see places. I, I've been at restaurants where people are trying to catch a thing at the wagon wheel and they're freaking out yeah. because they don't know if they can get it all squared in. Because, again, the distance between everything. I'm a big yeah. Yamato yeah. right across the street. You what? I'm a big Yamato guy across the street. Good, st good stuff. The where? Yamato, the, the, the Japanese place right across the street from Oh, Yamato. You said it all funky like. I, oh, I'm sorry. I need to enunciate better. Something. How about how about how uh, Truman pronounced Nagasaki in Oppenheimer? Yeah, that was good. <laughs> yeah. It was Gary Oldman just coming in off, off the bench yeah. in that. Awesome. All right. It's been, a, it's been a good conversation. Thank you to Jody for being here earlier. Shout out Tippy River Adventures. McConnell Law Office's longtime sponsor of the Freedom Cats. Stefan, Travis, John, out here in the Breakfast Club hanging out with us as always, brother. Good to see you. I'm Chris. We are the Freedom Cats. Meow. Meow.